Do you have secrets that you haven't told to anyone? Something shameful or simply inconvenient that pops into your head every so often, even sometimes daily? This could be something which happened years ago or in some cases decades. Some, perhaps many, of these secrets are taken to the grave. When I think of all the world's secrets put into one place, and I'm not talking about, you know, um, who you voted for or all of that kind of thing, although that's potentially another topic for another day in terms of those kind of, I guess, perhaps more benign secrets. But when I think of all the world's secrets, perhaps the more shameful ones, I don't picture something pretty or pure or good. My instinct is to say it would be dark if they were all in one place, so to speak. An article in Psychology Today named Keeping Secrets is Bad for You makes the point that a secret is a kind of goal. It's a goal to withhold information from certain people, even when those people aren't around. And the very act of having a goal, of course, means that you are thinking about it. Otherwise, it wouldn't really be a goal, right? It says, quote, it may be stressful because you may keep thinking about that information, which reminds you that you have a secret. Knowing you have a secret may make you feel as though you're not acting authentically and that can depress your mood. Close quote. Of course, if you are not acting authentically, you may feel shame for that alone, even if the secret itself is not, you know, what we would normally think of as shameful. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, even just having a secret, even if it's not a bad one, probably causes a lot of self-censoring because you'd be afraid of what might slip through. Uh, but not all, you know, not all secrets are as explicit as, or something as benign as, I don't want my boss to know I'm looking for another job. Uh, some borrow, burrow so deep that you may struggle to even label them as secrets anymore. They kind of just manifest as pain, shame, guilt, or fear, and a host of other negative symptoms. And maybe you were a victim of something terrible. Maybe you were the perpetrator, the person who did the terrible thing. Maybe it was something you did during high school, the way you treated someone at college or in the workplace, something that was done to you when you were a child or as an adult, like being humiliated. When these kinds of secrets and the pain that comes with them keep popping into your mind, and as I mentioned, you know, maybe even daily, they stifle the sense of freedom and joy you might otherwise have. You may think twice at something as simple as even making a joke or laughing at one because of something you're still holding on to. That pain's always in the background and because of that self-censoring over time, it changes who you are. So it's clear that holding on to this pain, the thing that you're afraid of, is silly uh, at the minimum. Uh, but it is a, it's a problem. It's quite clear. And we've known this for forever. Um, I wrote down decades, but it's centuries really, millennia. It's either confiding in someone or confession. These things help. They're kind of like an antidote for having this pain, for holding on to this pain. That's why we, we're so obsessed with therapy these days as well. You know, it used to be done by a close friend. You'd confide in a close friend, a priest behind a screen for confession. Hell, the, a bartender. Uh, even someone who doesn't speak your language while you're traveling overseas, just so you can have an outlet and you can say these things. 
These days, though, I kind of noticed in coming back to that song, trauma is often worn in plain sight. Not all trauma, but a lot of it. Uh, there's a song that I mentioned called Red Lights by Rini, R-I-N-I, uh, featuring someone called Wally, I believe, W-A-L-E. And there's a line during his verse that says, and this is after describing some unloyal behavior by women, he says, quote, I don't trust women, it's the thug in me, close quote. And he says a bunch of other stuff about not trusting women. And it's almost worn as a badge of honor. Uh, and he's not alone. Uh, artists, especially rappers, can often be heard echoing the same sentiment. It's very common. You don't have to go far to find it. And yet, it's kind of a confession of sorts. While not being able to trust women may signal indirectly, and this is the boasting part of it, this is the badge of honor part of it, it's kind of indirectly signaling that the singer or the rapper or whoever is desired by women. Uh, they're mentioning, you know, they just want my money or this kind of thing. But if you think about it, it's an awfully intimate thing to say to a stranger, let alone millions of them via an online platform, like for in my instance, in my case, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Um, artists, of course, you know, they do this for a living, right? It's something that they're almost specially tasked with to give up their pain to the light of exposure and those who listen to that then take comfort because they don't feel alone anymore someone else has articulated that pain there's a pattern though when it comes to these songs and it's like, like the number of nostalgia melancholy as i call it i don't know what it's called um but there's so many of these hits over the last few years which points to something bigger than just the genre itself and as these trends so often do, it points to something, I think, sad and unfulfilled. Uh, it could be something as simple as societal excess or boredom, but often this art reflects the zeitgeist, the, the general mood of society. I was thinking about The Weeknd, um, the, you know, the megastar, The Weeknd, the singer. And he's made hit after hit, speaking essentially of his numbness. He talks about how he can have any woman he wants. He rides any drug high that there is. And yet he sings very often about his own death and the lack of meaning in his life. And now sometimes artists sing in fantasy, right? It's not all real. It's sort of something that they've made up. But even then I would say it taps into something bigger. But I think in this case, it'd be a mistake to say it's all fantasy. You know, he is singing from his heart. He wasn't groomed and fed by record labels. He reportedly uh, can come up with an entire song in one take without preparation. Yeah, so he's not just making up stories. He's, he's leaking spirit. He's living the life so many modern men, especially, but and women. But he's living that life that so many people wish they led. And yet he's producing something which is bleak and often hopeless. And that message has been listened to literally billions of times over. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think people relate to this in a way which they haven't before. And they've kind of chosen artists like The Weeknd to represent that pain, that feeling. And I was wondering, is this a good way to confess your sins and to confide your pain? Our greatest wish, I think, in this or at least in the TikTok generation, and I don't know if there's a better word for it, but I think one of the 
their greatest wishes is to become famous for kind of, and I say this maybe ironically, but being ourselves, which usually involves copying the same dancers as everyone else, you know, exposing your body, especially women, to the praise and ridicule of others, saying you believe in body acceptance and yet hoping desperately for affirmation from others that you meet the beauty standards of today. Same goes for being cool. Same goes for being seen to be successful. Same goes for being loved. Not only is the path to this new type of fame inauthentic in itself, but it drives inauthentic authenticity. It forces you to create an identity, a niche, and stick with it. Even when your personality has long ago since changed, there are thousands of cases of creators burning out, not being able to keep up with the demand, and often not knowing how to change their style of content, which is a reflection of their personality, without their audiences turning on them. Within the personas that they have crafted, often within a kind of daily lifestyle of content, but more and more just any kind of creator now has this as part of their uh, repertoire, their authenticity is ultimately judged by the crowd. Even recorded public apologies are rated from good to bad. You see these videos of rating different apologies. As if what's on tape is a whole inaccurate summary of how that creator feels, acts, and even believes on a deep level. What's on the tape is the only thing that counts. Crying too much or crying too little? Uh, well, ready, ready the steak and matches because there's a witch burning coming. That's the kind of feeling that there is in these systems. And it's a particular symptom, I think, of Western culture to not have close ties with others. You know, we have all these ties digitally, but what about, what about ties with those people around us? Because in many, even, if, even most, I mean, I, I actually struggle to think of a culture which doesn't have this, where it's common for parents to live with their children as they grow older. This is incredibly common in, I would say, all cultures except for Western culture around the world. It's common for the wider family unit to also be heavily involved in the raising of young. Decisions aren't made in a vacuum. They're made in consultation with the family. And this causes frustration often. Um, but at least it ensures a support network. And you don't hide away in an apartment by yourself when you hit 18 years old to indulge your vices. Morals are upheld, advice is given, and the problems are identified early. While in Western culture, your roommate or your flatmate might overlook you know, a sudden mood change. Maybe you start looking sad or you're just not looking healthy or whatever it, whatever it is. Although that goes overlooked in those situations, if you're with your family, it usually does not go overlooked. You're more likely, at least, to be interrogated, hopefully lovingly, about what's wrong. This is the gift of someone caring for you. It's annoying if you're not used to it, I will admit, but it's a beautiful thing too. So while Wally, the rapper in that song, raps about not being able to trust women, he is confessing a brokenness. You don't stop trusting a person, or a whole dem demographic for that matter, like women, quote women, unquote, uh, from nothing. Right, it has to come from something. Something must have happened in his life in the past to have caused his soul to cry out 
through these lyrics. Now, maybe that's dramatizing it a little bit, but I think that's what's happening. And as so many more people pour themselves out, or perhaps their modified selves, as I mentioned before, online, are we replacing real family, and I, I guess you'd call it village connection, with something fake? Especially in the consumerist West. Are we forgetting what real confession is? The joy of confiding in a group of friends or family about our pain? About our secrets long held close? Close with apparently no respite? Just something which we've accepted is going to follow us around for the rest of our lives? We believe, I think, or at least I'm be, I've been guilty of this in the past, of believing that telling somebody something real, something painful, that we've done or have had done to us, we can't possibly imagine how that will relieve the pain. And so many of us often have no experience of doing it at all, so we can't even imagine what it's like. We think surely they'll turn on us and expose us to the world. Now, of course, I'm, you know, be careful with who you confide in, but don't underestimate its power. We have so many illnesses, both physical and mental. We extol the act of going to a therapist and use it, I think, as kind of a band-aid to avoid having that kind of depth in our day-to-day -day lives, in our day-to-day -day relationships. And then how can we be surprised we're going through a worldwide issue, especially in first world countries, especially in the West, of loneliness? Now, this is a bit cheesy, but I wrote down, we've replaced real, R-E-A-L, with reels, like Instagram reels. Um, so, I apologize for the joke. But we also have to ask ourselves, you know, we, we, can, we can talk about that and I can say that that's what we should do. And this is a challenge for me as well. You know, I have to ask myself, am I worthy? Am I worthy of being that kind of friend or family member for others? Um, do I listen without judgment? You know, to learn instead of just to give advice or wait for something to say, you know, wait for it to be my turn to speak. Do I use my phone while I'm around others? Because if I do, I'm kind of discouraging the notion of ever open, opening up to me at all. It's kind of not a safe space, right? If you're about to tell somebody something serious and their eyes glaze over because they've just got a message, well, that's one of the worst feelings you can have. So it's no wonder that we don't want to open up to each other. Uh, now, it is easy to feel sorry for ourselves, because I, I do that all the time, very guilty of that. But I just wanted to try a different approach and flip the script, like ask myself, what would a person of integrity do? Or replace integrity with whatever you want to be, love, patience, kindness. What would a person, uh, what would a great friend do? What would a great husband or wife do? What would a great family member do? Instead of expecting the world to come to us, what can we do to be a gift to the world? Now, I think there's at least a portion of society which is trying to untangle themselves from these kind of modern rhythms of emptiness. Um, I count myself among them, although I spend a crazy amount of time on my phone doing absolutely nothing, and that is something that I'm working on. Uh, it's amazing how it gets a, its hooks into you. But that's actually part of the reason why I started doing these at all, kind of just to record my thoughts instead of drowning them out with porn and Instagram um, seems to be the go-tos these days. So yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to overemphasize, you know, the bad points of things like technology. That's kind of not the point. 
of what I'm saying. It just seems like the whole ecosystem of, uh, yeah, just the whole ecosystem of where we're at. You mix Western society with this catalyst of digital, I don't even know, digital something. It's like a digital drug, the digital opium. And yeah, it just doesn't feel healthy. You know, we've got massive mental health crisis happening. Um, and we're more connected than ever. And I know this is repeated ad nauseum, so apologies. It's not an original thought. But yeah, like, do we have those intimate connections? Because they seem kind of messy and gross if you're not used to them. But when you actually confide in somebody and you tell them something real, it is so freeing. Uh, I won't go into details, but I had an experience of this relatively recently. And it was one of the most profound experiences of my life. I, I, I didn't know how. It took me a long time to process it, and I'm still processing it. But it was a moment of vulnerability of saying... This is how I'm feeling. And and even as I was saying it to, you know, as actually it turned out to be a group of people, I didn't realize the amount of emotion that had built up behind this thing. It was supposed to just be a off-the-hand comment. But as I went to say it, I became extremely emotional. And I, I was completely caught off guard. And then afterwards, I felt exhausted, completely exhausted, emotionally exhausted, but I felt so light, so light, and it kind of changed the way I view things. I felt more free to be creative. I, I kind of stopped worrying about things. I actually forgave somebody who I felt had slighted me, and they didn't even know that. I felt like this, of course, and I didn't say it to them. It was kind of just like an internal thing. But I was able to let that go, and it was something that I've been holding on for years. Oh, and, and, yeah, it's... Yeah, the value of doing that, to me at least, on a personal level, was new to me. So, like, when I'm saying these things, I'm not... I don't want to come across like I, I know better. It's just kind of a recent revelation for me. All of this kind of old school wisdom, this tradition, stuff like confessing, it seems so archaic, but there's such power in it and, it, and it can let you let go of things and hang-ups that you didn't even realize you had, and you'll feel a lightness you didn't even know was possible. So that's the challenge to me, and hopefully you find it valuable as well um, I think I'll stop there uh, thanks for listening if you've made it this far that's that blows my mind um, ciao for now